Welcome back to the Assured Podcast. This season, we are unpacking homeschool exhaustion and exploring different possibilities and perspectives for how you can personally recharge. Today for episode three, we are chatting with Teresa Weedrick. Teresa helps the dissatisfied or overwhelmed homeschooling mama shed what's not working so she can show up in her homeschool and life authentically, purposefully, and confidently all through her certified life coaching and homeschool mentoring. She shows how to speak differently to yourself, identify and respond to your needs, clarify your intentions, and build boundaries and relationships to yourself and others so you can get clear on who you are, why you're here, and watch out world come into your purpose. Look for Teresa's podcast and book, both titled Homeschool Mama Self-Care, Nurturing the Nurturer. This conversation is a clip from the Recharge Virtual Summit, the only type of homeschool event where you can hear from 12 different homeschooling experts in just five minutes each. You can access our full conversation over at homeschoolteachingsimplified.com slash recharge. We started homeschooling because we want the freedom to educate our children in the way that's best for them. We want to be the one to provide that for them. But too quickly, expectations get in the way and it starts to get overwhelming trying to make learning happen. My name is Natalie Burns and welcome to the Assured Podcast, where we talk about how to homeschool and not get burned out by it. After a decade of teaching high school in the public school system, I left my position to homeschool my own three children. Now I share the practical learning strategies you can incorporate into your homeschool teaching and tackle the underlying belief systems that have been holding you back from having a deeper connection with your child through the process. Here you will find refreshment as you embrace the personal growth that comes with homeschooling. Every child deserves a custom education. I want you to feel assured that you are equipped to be the one to provide that for them. Join us for each episode to learn how to approach your homeschool teaching from a place of easygoing confidence. All right. The big question first, tell us about your homeschool. Tell us about what got you started homeschooling and what this dynamic has looked like in your personal life. So once upon a time, I had, I think, three little girls. I was on a vacation in Canmore, Alberta, and had an afternoon to go peruse a bookshop or do whatever I wanted, which almost never happened at that time. And I happened to fall upon a book called The Homeschooling Option, How to Decide If It's Right for Your Family by Lisa Rivero. And I bought the book. It was really on a lark that I touched the book. I looked at the book and I said, yes, that's the book I should read because I want to get my arguments against homeschooling because everybody was doing it. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm not going to do it. That is way too much work. And at that time, all I thought was, I don't wear jean jumpers and I'm not weird. That's what I thought. And so I read through the book by the end of the week. We were homeschooling, (laughs) but it was really, there's so many arguments as to why I chose it. Freedom at that time would have been the reason. Um, Freedom really to travel the world as we'd hoped to, uh, freedom to educate our kids the way that we'd wanted to give them a really, you know, solid academic education, Um, freedom to have that time with each other, to have fun, to go to Disneyland without long lineups, all the things. That sounds like you 
dove in two feet first into the deep end. What was that like in those first weeks, months, even years? Did you find that it was as you read or as you expected? Did you have any expectations? I had a lot of expectations, <laughs> as everyone everyone I work with does. Um, so I intended to homeschool, but I knew I was moving provinces from Alberta to at the time I thought we were moving to Prince Edward Island because like where else would you live and homeschool but wherever Anne of Green Gables lived. And, uh, and then we decided, um, you know, over the course of a year and a half, we knew we were moving. We moved to British Columbia, where we both are. And, um, and I remember planning and researching for about almost two years when my oldest was, I think at the end of grade two, we pulled her out or before that. And then my second daughter was just finished kindergarten. And so we'd moved provinces. I knew no one. We had to research all the, you know, laws around homeschooling in British Columbia. And I'd never done anything like that before. And nobody was supporting us in our choices. And then I just went, okay, we're going to do this thing head first. You would think I was a firstborn. <laughs> I am. <laughs> and so then I decided this was a great idea. Both my husband and I did for different reasons. And um, my expectations were that I would provide my kids the perfect private school in our home. And that because it was so robust and so interesting and and um, because it was motivated by a mom who loves her kids and we're going to spend all this fun time together, then there would be no arguing. There would be no, you know, bickering. We would not ever have a day where we just didn't want to homeschool at all. And that includes me, not just the kids. Everything would just be like happily ever after. And anyways, it wasn't as I had hoped. Like I hear a lot of other moms um, sharing with me now that if they could just get the right routine or they could just get the right curriculum, if they could just um, find the right method or the right homeschool co-op or the right homeschool support group, all those things would be the thing that would shift them into the direction of happily ever after. And I was definitely trying all the things. Um, we had the privilege of traveling a lot in the first seven years. So I thought, well, now that is what is going to liberate us, is going to give us all these wonderful experiences, which it did, um, and opportunities for memories and connection. And it did. But in some ways, it was more stressful doing that with four little kids. And, um, and also, it was beautiful, but it didn't make everything perfect. And I do recall um, one place that we were traveling, finally, probably the third or fourth January or February, we were in a town that we didn't live in. We traveled um, up to Fort St. John and um, we were in this town that I didn't know anybody. I knew fewer people than the place that I'd moved to. And I remember feeling really frustrated that kids just really didn't want to do what I was wanting that morning. I don't remember all the details, but I can probably sketch a picture for you, just like you may if the people that are watching right now probably know that experience. Maybe they had that experience this morning um, where you're like, I just really like I'm trying. I'm trying to understand my child. I'm trying to understand how you're learning. I'm trying to understand what matters to you or or how you can learn or how we can get the thing done in a way that everybody is happy. And it just wasn't working. 
And I remember feeling really angry, really frustrated to the point that I called my friend and my friend who isn't even a homeschool mom had directed me to watch a Brené Brown TEDx talk. And to this day, I've watched that TEDx talk repeatedly. It's powerful, but I can't quite understand how I connected what I got from that TEDx talk and what, you know, transformed for me. But there was a moment that I knew that I wasn't looking after myself. I had no sense of myself, not just do I address my needs, but I didn't have a sense of myself in this story, in this homeschool mom fantasy that I created, or this homeschool um, family experience. And it was at that moment that all of a sudden, things began to shift because I was being honest about how I was really showing up in the thing. And like you said, what my expectations were, which is wildly unrealistic in my world. I'm hearing you made this shift in your own self-perception in how you would show up. So what is your role with homeschooling and what is your job to make happen and what is your job to support and how do your children need you like what does this look like in relationship and in connection with your children can you tell me about once that that shift happened how did that change the way you related to your children and to the way that you approached teaching yeah, I would say that there's a lot of nuances in that, that were outside of even the homeschool mom role. It was like everything, all the relationships I'd had, I'd looked at them differently, but it did start with me and realizing, wait, how am I relating to other people? How am I relating to myself? Because I'm not even really seeing myself. I'm not really honoring the fact that I am a person outside of this role altogether. But every time I engage a mom in coaching, I, I know there's this like desire in our world to say, okay, how do you do the right things with your kids? What are the activities you should teach them to emotionally regulate or to deal with conflict or all those things, which are important, but I actually think they're important, but the person that really needs to learn it is me. And yeah, I didn't know what I didn't know. I didn't realize that. I needed to relate to myself differently, or I needed to honor my needs or recognize that I was a person outside of a mom role or a wife role or a friend or sister or daughter role. I didn't know that, but how I began to approach myself um, with many fits and starts and bumps and still many things I didn't know. Uh, but as I grew in relationship with myself, that's when I'm able to have the clearest, most authentic relationship with my kids. And, um, and the more, you know, the more that I learn about myself and I continue to, the more that I'm able to hold you or hold other people in my world, almost like with more openness, because I realize um, that we're all, all on this growth trajectory uh, when once I thought if I just read all the parenting books, I will have this parenting thing figured. Then I'll do two years of researching everything about homeschooling and then I'll have that figured. And it turns out that didn't happen. And I don't think that's happening for anybody. 
we're on this growth trajectory alongside our children and it's messy and it's bumpy. And there's some days where you just, you really do want to throw in the homeschool towel. Sometimes to be honest, between all of us, we're like, this mothering thing is overwhelming and I don't know how to do it. I'm not equipped for this. I'd just like to take a vacation to Tahiti for two weeks by myself. (laughs) And, you know, that completely normal. It would be obvious that we would need that at times when we get completely saturated in things that are demanding things from us. And we feel like this conference speaks to overwhelmed, burned out, exhausted. And um, it's at that point that we have to ask ourselves, how are we relating to ourselves? Because how we relate to ourselves is how we relate to everyone in our world. Oh, yeah. I love the way you phrased it. A moment ago, you said this was about honoring yourself. And I'm curious about how that has adapted for you over time. What did honoring yourself look like at first? And as your children have grown up and three graduated now, what does honoring yourself look like now? I would say that I'm so much more... Um, I'm honoring myself. I'm seeing myself as a separate person that has needs, that has limits, that has natural pensions. I'm this and I'm not this. And I know that it's not true for every homeschool mom, but I do know that there's certain personalities like mine where I try to be everything for everybody. And I know there's a lot of homeschool moms that are like that, especially with our kids. And, um, and I know now that I can't always be so still to this day, you know, uh, within this last week, I was just about to go live, um, in interview with someone else and interview them. And one of my girls across the country had messaged and said, Hey mom, can I quickly chat with you for five minutes? And I'm like, I love you. And I can't. And, um, you know, she's actually a performer. So she happens to, she is actually going to be performing the Nutcracker in Ontario today and over the next month. And so she knows that she needs to, you know, I, I would never have access to her within 20 minutes before her performance. And so I have to tell myself, I am a loving mother and I'm unavailable. And now that's not going to be the same storyline with a two-year-old as a homeschool mom as I would have with a 22-year-old um, or 20-year-old. Um, but, but that is an experience um, that I have now as a woman to honor myself and say, okay, I have limits and I can't act or be accessible all the time. I sometimes need to stop and have quiet because I can feel there's too much too much energy that maybe I'm holding um, from the most important people in my life or various possibilities. I really could go down many rabbit trails in a discussion on this one. What I hear is that over time, as you've matured, you've really identified what your boundaries are, but not in like a rude, like stay away from me way but a really gentle and loving way because it's loving to yourself and then that extends out to other people. So finding and identifying what you personally need and what brings you lift and that joy and then 
maintaining that and not allowing that to get um, thrown off kilter, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or I think like a semi-permeable membrane, if you're thinking back to high school science or biology, I think that's what I was. I don't even know if I was as strong as a semi-permeable membrane in 20 years ago. And I'm about to turn 50 and I truly do celebrate that I have had the journey that I've had because where I was is nowhere where I am now. And um, I think it's uh, Brene Brown's words, or maybe she's quoting someone, but she says, the most boundaried people are the most compassionate people. Yeah. I have a feeling that there are those tuning in that are really resisting this right now. Can you speak to how this has affected your relationship with your, especially your daughters? Now that your daughters have graduated, you have seen the light at the end of the tunnel. You've come to the end. You've experienced and achieved a successful homeschool journey with three of your girls. So holding these boundaries and learning how to take care of yourself and what that means and how to love yourself so that you have the capacity to love others. What has this done for your relationship? Do you find that your daughter hears something like that and goes, what? I needed you. It was right before my show. Or is she respecting of that? And is this strengthening your relationship? Is this pulling you apart? What does that look like when you actually enforce this kind of self-care? I think it's different for each child. So very, no question. I, by the way, I have a son at home still. Um, I have very different relationships with each child, which I'm sure everyone that has a child that's over the age of like five knows they're all different and they're very different. Um, as everyone says, but they really are. And they relate differently to me. I can see them differently through the eyes of an Enneagram type or a Myers-Briggs type. That does help me to kind of situate them and say, okay, this is just what they are like. Um, so they all relate differently to me. But if I am addressing this specific child um, who's no longer a child, she, um, she said to me a few weeks ago, and I'm sharing with you one of the really beautiful moments, which... It was so, so beautiful, so surprising that she was in this dynamic she didn't want to be in. And she could see that the way people were relating wasn't really healthy. And and she knew that the way she was socialized, oh, the irony, meant that she could not allow for the way this um, social scenario was taking place. And, and she just couldn't show up in it and be in it because it felt so incongruent with how she had always known to relate. And, and I said, because I'm a coach, I, and I coach her a lot. And I asked her, um, so why do you think this is the reason why it feels so incongruent for you? And she said, because something like, because you taught me to be authentically me and I need to be with people that will accept me as authentically me. And I had a, like, wow, that's success. That felt like, whoa, that was so beautiful. And I've, I've got those, I've got more stories like that, but I also have many stories where there has been more opportunity for conflict because, 
when you're a parent, you grow alongside your children. When you're a homeschool parent, you grow alongside your children and have many more opportunities for this. Um, but that was a really beautiful moment where I just went, wow, that, that literally spoke to the socialization concept that actually she's socializing just fine. Thanks. Uh, in fact, probably more healthfully than the culture in general. And then the other thing is that she, she's having those kinds of conversations with me. And as she knew 20 minutes before she actually works with me in this realm. She's, she's my virtual assistant as well. So she knows, Oh no, I can't, I can't engage you. So it, it was fine. You said something here about coaching your daughter. And I've heard people talk in the past about how you want to transition to coaching as your child gets into their middle school and teen years. And I even wonder if we always yeah. want to come mm -hmm. from a posture of coaching. Can you speak to that shift that you made from the beginning of your homeschool journey, where it felt like you were trying to make these things happen in the way that you thought they were supposed to and that they should happen according to either the expectations that you put on your children based on your own experiences or expectations from others and what that looked like to f make the shift from directing them in the way you thought they should go to instead coaching them to flourish on their own. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many possible directions there too, because I have, I don't know if you're familiar with Enneagram. Yeah. So my oldest daughter is an eight and I'm a two, which means as dynamics go that my eight daughter is happy to lead the show and I, as a two, especially with my semi-permeable membrane boundaries way back when, just wanted to make her happy. And that wasn't useful for an eight because they tend to want to, okay, then I will lead and I won't necessarily think of how I'm approaching relationships or people. When, when it's an, an unhealthier, less mature space, a healthy eight is an incredible leader. And so anyways, me as a two, though, with semi-permeable membranes had to really grow into my role as mother leader and say, but I am going to, you know, decide how we are going to do things. And yet at the same time, and this is the thing that is still hard for me to verbalize, but ones that are uh, parents that have a child that is a very strong personality will know that there is like this little internal dance where we know we need to, we have no choice but to honor the person that's in front of us because they are declaring I am separate. I am not going to just follow because you said follow. And also that they still need guidance or leading. And um, so there is like a, a, a combination of things that's going on there. Whereas I have another child who is a very uh, follows, does everything that I say. That's always your homeschool leader, the one or the child you want to point to when you feel like you're having a successful homeschool day. But reality, you have all these four kids or these numbers of kids. You've got the kiddo that's just like, just let's have fun. Let's have a party. And, you know, and then the one that's just like, can I go to my room and just read by myself? When I've seen them long enough in their natural states and how they show up, um, uh, and because I'm at the same time trying to relate to myself authentically, 
and honor myself, then I naturally want to honor that in each of them. And it was really useful having a strong firstborn actually to help get me out of this notion that I was in control of the party and that I actually, I really wasn't. And, um, I'm really glad that I didn't have the compliant child first because it would have fed, um, pride. (laughs) No question. I'm doing this homeschool thing, right? You always, you have to have at least one or two kids that make you feel uncertain if this is the right thing, just to keep you being honest and really looking at things again and saying, okay, how should I, how should I walk? How should I approach things? Is this the, the way that I should be walking? It really is important that we're doing that. And yet I also know we don't need to be told to do that because we internally are always checking ourselves and going, did I do the right thing? I don't know if I'm doing enough. You know, we have guilt around pretty much everything. And I don't really think that we need to be told that what we do matters. And yet what we do matters how we take our hands off of the reins of everything being dictated in the way that we perceive as the right way. It's a benefit when you learn that you're not in control. It's a benefit when you let go and you walk alongside them and then you ask them like we do in coaching. So you just shared about your, your challenge with, I don't know, your teacher or your professor or your whatever. Um, what would you like me to do with that feeling or how you shared that? Would you like me to help you learn more about, you know, what you're frustrated by or how you're going to approach that? Would you like me or would you like to just vent? What would you like me to do? And you gradually lean into that. I did not do that in the beginning. It was a gradual shift. It sounds like a shift towards an invitation for how they need you to show up for them in that moment. And I love what you said about taking it back to really honoring yourself and knowing yourself and who you are and how you process information allows you to to then acknowledge and honor their individual way. And it's only when you start to understand yourself better that you can start to understand your each of your children better that's right and and accept them for who they are and allow them to flourish in that maturity in the way that they tend to go about things the way that they tend to think tend to respond and it actually models for them how to love themselves and then to show up as their best self in all of these socialization opportunities. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. I am so glad that you are offering this to homeschooling moms because so many are, especially in this season, feeling exhausted, overwhelmed, burnt out. And there are these triggers that are happening when there's that rub and that pushback to learning and they don't know where it's coming from. And simply getting those specific questions and tapping into those memories of how we view learning and how we think it's supposed to happen and identifying those moments can allow us to then process it, let it move out and create change in our own homes and really allow our children 
to grow without any kind of suppression from ourselves. Yeah, there's varying ways that I work with women. Ironically, the five-day wellness challenge that I know that you have a link for everyone, um, it includes the pillars that I am most likely to engage in. And it is about you figuring out what your needs are, also who you are, how you're approaching your education or your home education, how you actually think about it is influencing how you're doing it and how you're doing it's obviously affecting how happy you are doing it. Um, and then, and ask me how I know that's a whole different discussion. And then, um, and then your relationships, how you're relating to yourself, how you're relating to others. There's just all these different elements that I repeatedly have conversations with people. Usually when people come to chat with me, whatever their discussion point is, is almost never the reason that we coach. There's something much deeper going on underneath there. It's amazing how a piece of information can lead to that recharge, that we can overcome this feeling of that weight, like that heavy backpack, and we can let it go and feel that lift again. Are there any other thoughts and closing ideas that you'd love to share around that encouragement of how to recharge? I would say build self-awareness practices, get to know yourself more so that you can feel more at ease in your life. Whether you choose to stay in homeschool or not, whether you um, choose to approach your relationships the way you are right now or not, or whether you're um, like all the different elements that are feeding or nurturing you right now, getting clear on what really is causing the challenge, the under, underneath feeling of I can't do this anymore, it's, it, it starts with self-awareness. So building in practices like journaling, cliche, but extremely useful um, journaling or obviously coaching, um, doing mirror work, standing in front of a mirror every morning and asking yourself how you're doing. Sounds goofy. I know it sounds goofy, but it actually really works. Um, many self-compassionate strategies just to get to know yourself better which does require that you come away from the kids, which means you're building your boundaries, but it means you're coming away from your kids to get to know you at core. And I think that's probably the most fundamental thing that you want to start with. Thank you so much, Teresa, for sharing all of these super deep insights that we can now reflect on, journal about, and start to put into practice. I know that those tuning in are going to want to hear more. Can you tell us where we can find you? Yeah, for sure. You can find me on my podcast, Homeschool Mama Self-Care, Instagram, Homeschool Mama Self-Care. Same thing for Facebook, but I have a special support group there. I have a paid membership on Patreon, Homeschool Mama Self-Care, and my website title is called Capturing the Charmed Life which was what my initial intent in homeschooling was. So I have yet to create or capture the perfectly charmed life, but this homeschool mama life really is a charmed life. And as I say at the end of my podcasts, to all the homeschool moms and for their children, I hope that you can turn your homeschool challenges into your homeschool charms. Thank you so much, Teresa. I am so looking forward to talking to you again. Yeah, me too. Thanks. I appreciate it.
Thank you for listening to Assured and this clip from the Recharge Virtual Summit. You can listen to all of the full conversations over at homeschoolteachingsimplified.com slash recharge. If you enjoyed this episode, help us get the word out to more homeschooling moms. Take a moment to follow this show and then share this episode with a friend. You can even take it one step further and leave a review below. Thank you so much for your support. Looking forward to seeing you for the next one.